you look around and you see what it's done to you. And I learned that through a book one time, I, I didn't understand the Bible at all. I never read the Bible. And to be honest with you, you can come to him not knowing anything. I spelled Jesus, J-E-S-A-S, when I first wrote it down. Began to write, thinking about what, because you, it doesn't matter where you come from. His purpose is to make something out of you if you let him. And I remember seeing these pictures, and it just as we're doing, and they were Jews' way of worship. And I'd I'd been in sports world, and I, I'd I'd been wild, even dance floor, whatever you want to do, just to get some energy out. And then I found out God had a way of worship that He He had it in the beginning. Elvis took it away out of the church, and and, and the world got excited with the flesh. Child, your children get they get the wanting a bottle. You know what they want? They put them hands like that. That that means receive in the in the G's worship. Yeah. So if you're a child of God, you want the Holy Ghost, you raise your hands. And you praise him with joy by faith. Because everything's gonna come by faith. And when you get away from the fear. And you loud, I'm just letting you know because you can get the Holy Ghost while the preaching going on. I, I actually was sitting in church while a preaching was going on. It's similar to what Peter happened to Peter when he was preaching to the Cornelius. And the Lord, I felt something. And I'll, I'll just let you know, you can feel him if you have faith. But I didn't understand it. I never was raised in Pentecost. I didn't know a thing about it. They were crazy to me. But I'd read the word and it humbled me. And I, I saw that I need to obey God. Key is obeying Wanting to obey Jesus. And if you obey Jesus, you will obey each other and work together. So I got baptized in a church I didn't want to go to in the beginning. And then I, they started teaching about the Holy Ghost. And I went for a period of time wondering. And then all of a sudden, I felt in that night, he was preaching. I felt it at my feet. I'm just giving you an example. Because some of you, you may feel God and not know what you're feeling. And if you don't, we need, you need to continue to think we're going to be a Holy Ghost filled church. Hello? That's what, that's what they're doing. An example in front of you. It's not nothing to do with me. Anything I say, I'm getting it from them. I'm just another voice. That's, that's your pastor. I don't care what happens. You understand what I'm saying? Because we, if we run in unity underneath the leadership, you're going to see great things happen. And if you break down that pride, that'll try to keep you. Because I started, I didn't feel nothing. I fought it like a I mean, it was like, I didn't, you know, for a while, but after a while, I started doing it. And finally, the Lord, of course, that service, I felt it in my feet, and I, I, I said, what is this? Because it scared me, because I never felt the Holy Ghost in my life, really. Just, just when somebody shook my hand, a preacher one time, and went in my arm, and I thought, electricity, and I thought, what in the world has he got? But before that service, before he ever quit preaching, I, I, I handed my... Bill fell over to my wife where I used to keep that rat hole money to shoot pool. And I handed it over to her and I said, I would call my boss because I go in at 11 o'clock. I'm not leaving this place till I get the Holy Ghost. Now, as soon as I said that, because it's a made up mind, it jumped up, you know, and I felt and I thought I was waiting in something and I didn't know what it was, but I wasn't up yet. And then I got up and I raised my hands and it was like a well of living water 
scared me worse than anybody because, you know, you never experienced it. But once you get to experiencing it, it's like it's better than any booze you ever got in and lose because it, it, it brings you the joy that you was looking for. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's the happiness that you're looking for. This Living for God is a joyful thing. But I found out I have to kill Mike Matherly. I have to kill, I have to get rid of him so I can give glory to the Lord. And how you do that is you ignore yourself, reliant, past, and change it over to him. It's real simple. And, but it takes, a, it takes breaking up in prayer. It takes praying. And Jesus said, and I'll use this word again, I did before. Jesus said, my house will be called a house of prayer. And, and then you become the vessel everywhere you're at. I used to be back there in that young man back there in the back praying. All I did was cry and pray. And then once I got in the Holy Ghost, I started praying. I started seeing miracles happen. And the Lord said, I'm, I'm answering your prayer. You can become the one that changes the whole aspect of the church in the movement of God if you let God use you. I'm a retired pastor, and I'm retired. I'm, not wanting to, I'm just wanting to bring this out. Because I know some of you may have never been where I've been, or maybe there'll be new people coming in that's going to need your testimony of worship and praise. And I see many, you know, pick it up and do it. Don't worry about somebody else alongside of you. Brother Tony, just stay right in there and keep doing it. Because it's all about him. It's all about Jesus. Amen. Having your Bibles tonight, and I'm and I'll quickly go into the scriptures here, but I, I just want to bring something out here for us all that might help us. I still appreciate you. And if you would, for the sake of you standing and saying, this preacher leaving me up, you may be seated. And uh, thank you for standing for the word of God because that's, there's nothing greater than this word. Nothing greater. Nothing greater. Praise the Lord. I'm turning to 2 Kings chapter 6. And... Uh, Verse number one. Everybody have that? Pretty close. Verse number one of chapter six of Second Kings. It says, "And the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, Behold, now the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. Let us go." We pray thee unto Jordan, and take, it, take thence every man a beam, and let us make a, us a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, Go ye. And one said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. So Elisha went. And so he went with them, and when, he came to Jordan, when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood, but one was fell in a beam, and the axe head fell into the water. And he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. And the man of God said, Where fell it? And he showed him the place, and he cut down a stick, 
and cast it in thither, and the iron did swim. Therefore said he, take it up to thee, and he put out his hand and took it. Praise the Lord. Pastor, would you pray this word right now? Oh, God, help us, Lord, right now. Help me, Lord. Jesus, help me right now, Father, in your power and your grace, oh, God, through the Holy Ghost right now. Lord, you're everything. You're everything tonight, God, and I lift you up right now. Lord, I lift you up more than ever before. Lord, this might be my last night in the house of God. It might be my last time that I get to hear. Lord, that I get to follow after you. I ask you, Jesus, Lord, through the Holy Ghost, Everybody, would you just clap your hands for the Lord? Just clap. See, I clap my hands to you, Jesus. Oh, it's to give you glory. Oh, I want to praise you more than I did yesterday. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You know, the Bible says that, that in Proverbs 27, 17, it says, Iron sharpeneth iron. So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. So it refers to something to help somebody else with or being able to work yourself in where you're a part of a need that helps someone else. That's why I like the scriptures and I, I thought of this while we were worshiping and, and uh, one of the scriptures that Jesus used and I'm using this because of understanding a lot of people don't know there's one God, but Jesus said in Mark chapter 12, 29, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And he goes on to say, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy body, thy mind, thy soul, and thy strength. And he said the second commandment, which is the main one, is to love thy neighbors thyself. So we are, we are working in the kingdom of God so God can give us the compassion to reach out and do his will. The purpose is that God individually calls us for work. It doesn't, none of us can't look back and say there's not a call of God in our life if we would let God use us somewhere or somehow or some purpose. In the schoolhouse, a person can be used and to bring people to God. It's a, it's a testimony that people will look at you on the workforce, everywhere you go. Shopping a lot of times or being able, I, was, I can give you testimonies of miracles and, and many times you can. I, I, I remember in the area of worship that, that being in, from Vietnam, uh, we had a lady that came to our church and uh, she, she came and she was a Cambodian. And if you'll study that, about two million Cambodians disappeared right after we pulled out of Vietnam because the regular we talk about China and all, that those people were unprotected when we left. So a whole lot of hurt happened after that. And Sister Ianne, we call her sister now, she, she came to our church. She had only been to a Catholic church. And the Holy Ghost was moving, and, and when a person is the only one left from her family, and every one of them are dead, and you're crawling up out of the ground to get roots to stay alive from the enemy that's wanting to kill you, then when you come to the United States of America, you, know, you, you really come to a place where there's life. And so much 
is the way of Americans. We, we take things for granted to what God has brought us to and what we have. And if it wasn't for God, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't be sitting on these wonderful places and, and have a wonderful a place where somebody built for you and gave you a church to worship in and to be in tonight. It is a safety, a sanctuary for people to be saved. And you can say amen because you all know that. But, it, but it's a unbelievable. I am. She, she, during the leader, leading of the service, I'll never forget her raising her hands up and watching the tears come out of her eyes as she was. In, and a foreigner had come in and, and, and had broken English and she couldn't hardly talk. But she had worshiped God and, and I watched her one service and then another family brought her and she worshiped God the next time. Never stopped, just continual. And she was in a, a church that didn't, didn't do this, but it's a facade, you know. But the thing is, the church of the living God, uh, uh, apostolic church is not a dead church, it's a live church. And you got live people in here with the Holy Ghost uh, that if they'll let faith even grow, it will become more magnified and more lifted up and more powerful because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So when two or three gather together in his name, he said, I'm going to be in the midst. So when you get with other people, he's in the midst. And as you grow in that faith, and I felt it tonight, it was moving. My wife said, you're going to preach. What are you doing getting wild and crazy? I said, I can't keep from it. I can feel it flowing, and I can't stop it. And a lot of times you may feel it, but a lot of times you can't feel it. And you praise him anyway. Open your mouth wide, and he said, I'm going to feel it. So, woo! Sister Ian, she came a few times. And I'm using this in the beginning here because of the circumstances of, of, of somebody teaching somebody a Bible study. But, and uh, it got to the place that we wanted to uh, of course, next thing you want somebody to find out that water baptism, except a man be born of the water and of the spirit, he can't enter the kingdom of God. So you study the scriptures. You know, and the Bible even says in Matthew 18, 3, he said, except you be converted. Now, this is conversion. Water, water and spirit is conversion. That puts you in the church. That's the beginning of your childhood growth. And then after that, then you start growing in God and it's your pace, what God, where much is given, much is required, so you can't say, oh, me, oh, my, I don't want to grow. You start having a hunger and thirst after God through the relationship of prayer. Now, I'm not trying to teach a Bible study, but I'm just, it's got to be, it's got to be a place of brokenness to get you humble enough to be teachable Except you be converted and become as a little child, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. So you go through the door, that don't mean you're in. That, and I know by faith you're saved if you continue in. But we have to understand we're walking in it. But if we resist God, now God, God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. So if we're humble and we let God teach us, we will grow at a faster pace, some and others, not jealousy one to another, not looking how fast, well, so-and-so doing. No, you want to grow in your personal relationship. And that personal relationship is what's going to save you. Now, I can get really rough on this one because 
when I say rough is that you're going to have to get a personal relationship. Yeah, they're going to lead you to it. And, and the pastor's wife, lead, they lead an example, and teachers lead you to it. But after you get there, you become one that understands what it is to have an ax. What it is where iron sharpeneth iron. You understand? And, and so many times we, we, we look at our life and we think it's worthless. And we think we can't do anything. And my wife said, what do you got in there? Somebody said, what's he got in here? Now, James McDougall's here. He's got one more of an antique than that one. But I picked it up one time at a garage sale, and I said, I'm going to put a handle in that. It's got a little rust on it. We'll make sure it don't hurt nothing. And I'll put... But you see, that, that young man borrowed his axe. He borrowed it. Why did not he have his own axe? I mean, I always wondered, I said, why in the world did he have enough as a minister going into the Word of God? And every one of us, by the way, that gets filled with the Holy Ghost are ministers of God. We're to be used of God as a witness, a testimony. That's why he said, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you to be a witness unto me. In Jerusalem, Judea, all Judea, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And I hope I quote these scriptures right. But the point is, when I get the Holy Ghost, I have the power, which means dynamite. When I get the Holy Ghost, I got the power of God in me. And by faith, I can move mountains by faith if I will let that faith operate through me because without faith is apostle. Please, God. We know that he that cometh to God must believe that he is and the rewarder of him that diligently seek him. I'm diligently seeking God. I lost it, pastor. And, and Elisha, where'd you lose it at? In the water. Show me where you lost it at. So he cut a stick. You can hang on to that so I won't break that beautiful top you have on that. Now, I, I'm not here to teach anybody. There's a lot of lumberjacks in here and a lot of people that cut wood. So I'm not here to try to tell you how to do your way. But most of you know one of these is for single-bitted and that's a double-bitted axe. Double-bitted axe is what my dad used when I was a little boy. Now, he'd have these, and they we use them, but he always learned to use a double-bitted axe. And he taught us because we, we my dad was a sharecropper to my grandpa. My grandpa had property, but we worked on the halves, and we would have property that used to be hay, hay and it was square bears. I was talking to Pastor about today, but it was square bales, and we had, we had no baler, old case baler, four-cylinder four Wisconsin motor on it. And uh, it had the power, but you had to get out and work. And we cleared it. And my dad would get a double-bitted axe, and he'd have one, end, one of them just sharp as it could be. And when you use an axe, you know, you, you've got to learn to slip it in just like somebody would play in baseball. 
and you learn how to do it. And you finally get to understand it because there's even a place in Deuteronomy where a man could take an axe and, and destroy his neighbor and he, he could get safety by going to the place of safety because he, if he did it by accident. But what it is teaching that you need to know how to operate whatever tool you got. You don't want to just haphazard walk out and start chopping wood without knowing how to, whether it's not sharp and whether it's not being able to angle it because I've bounced a few off on my shin before. And you'll learn. Chopping wood is not the greatest, funnest thing in the world unless you just like to use your muscle. But you learn, you can do it with such ease when you learn how to handle one. And, and this young man borrowed his. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I've always liked owning my own things. I broke a few handles. I, I broke a few handles. And uh, you, can, you can break things because you don't know how to operate it. And this word of God is precious. I heard the pastor, uh, Caleb, in there praying, except the Lord build the house, you build it in vain. So you build upon the scriptures and the word. And you allow the word of God become a light unto your pathway. You, you, you let yourself, and we all know this, but I'm getting ready to preach here in a minute. I'm just trying to get things going on. But, but the point is, is that you've got to get back and recover the cutting edge of your of your operation of your life. In other words, the devil is out to take your position in God. He's going to work at it, but he can't take it unless you let him. He can't take your life and walk away and cause you unless you get disinterested and not follow the leadership of what it is, the house of God, and be in the house of God and allow that to happen. It becomes a faithful thing where you get there no matter what. And when you've developed that in your life, you are helping somebody. Because I would not, I'd hate to think that my daughter, uh, granddaughter-in-law would come to church and I, I decided to go fishing. Now, I love fishing. I love hunting. But there's a time for it. Just like working. You know, you can get distracted. And the point is, is that you got, if you're going to do something for God, you've got to be consistent. That's why he said that. My wife told me, because we, we lived behind our church, just back in the back. It was maybe 300 yards, but... It was back, and we, we just, it was so easy to get to church. I could walk, I could ride, I could do. But now I'm 12 miles away. So I have to plan out my movements through that wonderful Oklahoma roads and come up to Missouri. And I have to plan my timing from every dear brother Simeon. I have to purpose my life that I'm going to get there on time. Or my, my wife, she's a critic. She's the best thing ever happened to me. She loves the truth. You love the truth? Truth is everything. You know what? Acts 2.38 is in love. Love rejoices in the truth. Acts 2.38 is in the love of God. It's not Acts 2.38 and then that. that. Acts 2.38 comes in because it's in the love of God. If you've got the love of God, you want all the truth. 
You want everything to come your way. You want the holiness of God to come your way. You want the relationship to build up in the power of the Holy Ghost. You want the anointing of God to flow through you. You want the Spirit of God to use you. You don't just want to say, I got Acts 2.38. I've got to have more than that. I've got to have a relationship that is the power of God. And when I go somewhere, I want the anointing to destroy the yoke of the devil. So joy, with joy shall you draw waters out of the wells of salvation. Get rid of that sad way of looking if you got it. And start saying, I rejoice in him. I praise in him. I thank him right now. Woo, hallelujah. I got to praise him tonight because I got joy. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. He brought me out of the miry clay. You may be seated. Sister Ian, she, one day I said, you re- they've been talking to you. You ready to be baptized? Yes, pastor. Couldn't even pronounce much. I'll never forget it when we baptized her. Another couple, preacher in church. And uh, just come up out of that water. And I, I couldn't speak much Vietnamese. And I didn't know what she was ta- saying. And then she went, they took her and changed her. Took the church robe off of her and changed the clothes. She come out dry. I said, Sister Ian, what was you saying when you come up out of that water? Me no know, Pastor. Me no know what we say. Woo! You don't know what we say, and you don't worry about what the tongues come with it, but it's the Holy Ghost is the evidence of it. And if you let the Holy Ghost just flow through you and you don't worry about it, you'll talk in tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. This is the Holy Ghost church. You got you got so when they come in, they need to feel it. And they will. Because when you go to worship it, they're gonna feel it. I love the truth. Man, I never thought in my life I'd ever love something so much. And the devil just loves for you to say something so he can say something, do something. If you got a prayer life, get your prayer life going every morning. Find your place with God and call on him. He'll destroy the yoke of the devil. He'll get rid of the doubt. Walk in the spirit. Not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. Don't run around as a man beateth his air. Realize what you've got. Hallelujah. I always love that scripture, and I used not too long ago, stand in the old paths. That's a good way. Thank you, Jesus. Ecclesiastics 9 8 says, Let the garments be always white, and let thy head lack no anointment. In other words, I've got to have that anointing. And walking in the spirit, so I got to keep stuff out of my life. Sin. I got to walk in the spirit by the power of the Holy Ghost. It's not hard. I mean, this world, they want something, they go after it. Well, when you're young and you got the zeal of God, you want God to be in your life, just go after it. Go full force and realize that God's waiting on you to reach up to Him and get what He's promised you. Come on. It says in 1 Corinthians 9, 26, it said there, and therefore so run not uns- uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. 
That's what I was using a minute ago. He says, but I keep under my body and bring it in unto, talking about subjection. Least that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Hypocrite. My wife said, you better. I had a daughter one time. She called me that. And she said, yeah. She, she on the phone. She said, hypocrite, hypocrite. She, she sung a song about being a hypocrite. Me and my wife would laugh about it. She put it on a, on a voicemail to us. We laugh because she's, she's that kind of a girl. Pastor's wife. But she, she's always doing something like that. Hypocrite, hypocrite. I don't want to grow up and be a hypocrite. I want to be real. And I say that. That's my desire. In relationship, that's my hope. I want, to, I want to be what I need to be. But the Bible tells you, wherefore, 2 Corinthians 6, 17, come out from among him, be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean, it says that, unclean thing. He talks about the Lord in Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run in it and are safe. The purpose is that God is wanting to take care of us all the time. He's not condemning you. I mean, 490 times a day, I got to forgive you, brother. Stepping on my toes and everything. I got to forgive you. Well, that means he'll forgive me 490 times if I'll ask him and I mean it. So you can't be lost if you do the way God tells you in the Bible. You can't get lost if you want to be saved. You can't because you, you purposely work in the kingdom of God and by the grace of God, you will be saved if you stay in there and don't give up and don't quit and say, I want the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God. Would you clap your hands for the Lord a minute? Thank you, Lord. Matthew 3 and 10 says, and now also the axe is laid at the root of the trees. There's an axe that gets laid at the root of the trees. And it talks about, therefore, that, that every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is honed down and cast into the fire. And I indeed baptize you with repentance, unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. The scripture reveals in the testimony here in Matthew 3.10 and also in Luke 3.9 that the purpose of us is knowing that, that we can know that God is not going to let us go the wrong way. But his mercy reaches out and keeps grabbing on us to say, come on, get back up again. Come on, get back up again. I, I pray the anointing tonight of the Holy Ghost, not me. The anointing will touch you and bring you to the place you understand what the power of prayer can do to bring deliverance to you when you're fighting a battle. We're, none of us don't need God. We need the Holy Ghost. We need to be able to grab a hold the Spirit of God and let God use us in, in the power that he is. He's the battle axe. 
Come on, he's the battle axe. He's the one that's the battle axe. He's the one that takes care and cuts down the things that gets in your life. He's the one that can take past your path and tear down the things that's in your life. You need to swing your axe and call on the name of Jesus. Say, I'm going to allow the Lord to tear down and reach up and root up everything that is in my life so I can have a right motive. Would you clap your hands for the Lord? Come on, he's the battle axe. Woo! He'll take care if you talk to him. I individually got to have the battle axe working for me. I want my own axe. Everybody has an axe to grind. I'm just using an axe tonight. Everybody a lot of times got an axe to grind. They just got to get it out. But the, the point is, is that God knows and works with you by faith when you talk to Him. He allows things to come at you just to get you to run to Him. He allows you to get down on the bottom sometime and feel like you're on the bottom having to look way up just so you can start calling on Him. Because He's developing in you a relationship of dependency. Now, I... I I don't, I could, man, I could talk all day where I come from. I could, I, I could tell you, Pastor, so many things where, where God's shown me and still coming back here after 35 years. And I still have memories. I want to tell you something. There's deliverance from your past. The blood has been applied. You, you buried it in baptism. You buried that old nature in baptism. You surrendered yourself. You died. No matter where you come from, I, I, maybe people never forget where I come, but I know one thing, he, it's in the sea of forgetfulness and God promises me that I can go to the throne of grace, to the mercy seat of God and take that little lamb of God, that, that blood, that lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world and I can get my victory before I leave that prayer meeting. I can get my victory tonight before I leave this church right now because I can take the lamb of God Jesus Christ, the Holy One of Israel, and take Him, and He can bring me to the throne of God, to the mercy seat. We, that greatest opportunity, see, all it takes is killing that old nature. All it takes is trying to learn what God wants to bring you to. You don't have to shout and run like me. You do what you can. I watched my wife's mother have cancer in her last year. Couldn't get out of a wheelchair. But I remember her testimonies. I wish I could just get up and shout one more time. Don't take your worship and your God for granted. Don't realize that the greatest thing you're doing and worshiping and praying and everything is what is going to be happening. You're talking about heaven if you can't worship God down here, and I don't want to hurt nobody, but if you can't learn to worship God here, how are you going to worship God on the other side? How are you going to shout and worship God to eternity if you don't want to learn to praise God now? You can do it anyway. Hey, come on, if you can raise your hand, hands. You can, you can, I seen the pastor getting it tonight. I watched him getting it over there. I got excited. I said, I'm not going to quit. 
It's the truth. And it, some can't physically. That's not, it's not that. But if you can, that's your physical understanding. No, I'm not going to give him less than what he deserves. How many know what I'm talking about? Do you know what I'm talking about? Humility breaking up. How, how many knows that, that Jacob, in his response, you, you were preaching last week and talking about it, how Jacob, you know, went through what he went through to accomplish what he accomplished, cheating his brother out of his birthright. Mom knew he, that his brother didn't appreciate it. God, God already says in the Bible, it says, Jacob, have I loved? Esau, have I hated? That was God's understanding in the beginning of people that don't really want it. Don't let the devil tell you you don't really want it. Don't let him talk you out of this. Don't let spirits and words talk you out of your salvation. Just get on fire for God. Don't look around CPR. Now, I don't care whether you watch me worship or not. I, I, all I care about is giving him praise and honor because he deserves all my praise and my honor. You might watch me and it might be an example, but I'm doing it because he brought me out of the mud and the mire. I didn't have no future nowhere. Now I was going nowhere. Now I'm going somewhere. You got to know what you got to hold up. You got to say, I'm not going to let him take my worship, my praise, my prayer away. Give me my axe. It's mine. I don't want yours. I want mine. Well, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down all imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. When you get robbed, Sometimes it's daily. Sometimes it may be one day. You may get robbed because of your carnal flesh rises up. But you've got to say, I'm going to put you down. Look in that mirror and say, devil, you're going under my feet just as well as I'm getting this flesh right. Come on, you've got, you got to make up your mind. It's you and God that has the relationship. You can't... That, we, we come, we get fed, but we, we get instruction. We grow in God. I listen. I cry, I cry through every service he preaches on Sunday mornings because I feel it. And if I feel it, I'm going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you I don't feel your anointing and your preaching. I want it to grow more. I want the power of God to use the pastors more. I want it to be so strong that other people realize that through faith, come on, I don't want to be an intimidated brother, brother, don't be intimidated of what God's got in your hands and through your hands and your anointing that God use you with other people in prayer. I, I, I want God to use every vessel. It's exciting, man. It's exciting. This is more bigger than humanity is. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's clap your hands for the Lord. Huh? I'm going to hurry up here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 
You know, come out from home and be his separate, saith the Lord. It's, it's a, you know, the name of the Lord is a strong terror. I said that. You've got to come out from among them. You've got to allow yourself to be individuals in God. I follow the word of God. I want to be led by the Spirit. But I also want to be strong enough to say, to make a choice that I make the right choices. See, I made a choice years ago. I mean, when, when, when I got, and everybody has their testimony. I get that say a little bit tonight. But every one of us has a testimony to tell somebody. But I remember when I was down and out, getting up, and my Sundays weren't Sundays. And, and you know, I remember being so mean, and I don't, I don't tell children what I do, but, you know, just drink and get another one to chase it just because I thought I was big enough to handle it. And then when it got a hold of me, I couldn't turn loose of it. And nobody knows what can get a hold of you. You can't turn loose of it. So you get out there in the world and you allow it to and tempt and, and let the devil get you in a corner. You need to stay with the brethren. You need to get with praying brothers and, and pastors and sisters. You need to communicate with the church and, and lead yourself with the leadership that's in the church. You don't need to get off by yourself. You need, you need that unity. You need that love of God. You need a, the purpose for everyone that God has called you for. That will, don't, don't, don't go out and let somebody hurt your feelings. You're going to get your feelings hurt. You're going to get hurt in this world. So the devil will send somebody for sure to try to get to you. You might as well know it's ahead of time. I'll let you know. And you'll get, you may get hurt to the place that, that there's nobody around you and you're all by yourself. And you feel like there's not a place in heaven that is going to have a place for you because people and their judging attitude of the world. And it can happen in the church maybe too. But, you're, but if you're made up your mind with God and you allow God, don't look at somebody and say, that person gets off. Get up in front of them in the church and don't worry about if somebody's bothering you or have bothered you and get over it because I want to tell you something. That's just the devil using somebody to keep you from getting what you need from God. Yeah, it's, it's all, all that comes at us. I can tell you crying times. I can tell you where I used to listen for 15 minutes and one song ago, you can't take this away. And it was, a, it was a Mighty Clouds of Joy. It's a black group. And he sung, you can't take one thing you can't take away. And I remember going through a trial. And in that trial, I wasn't, it, you can get blamed for stuff. You can get attacked. You can get, somebody can cause falseness against you, Pastor. And you know that. You, you live long enough, you've got people that lie on you. There's people that don't have God. Now, you gotta, you got to have face-to-face with it. You can't just walk around and say, well, it can't happen. It can happen. But when it does, you need to lock in with God and never turn loose. I, I was battling a battle on pest control operator, and I, we had had a little farmhouse we had renovated. It was, had a long area from the carport to the front, and we would went through this trial, my, I come home and my wife didn't know I was coming home and I could hear, I could hear in the front, man, she was talking to God. And as I felt that 
I felt it. And it, all the way through the house, it was like a wave of glory, of a power, a prayer, of a burden that was, she was carrying. And nobody knows but what I felt. And I was needing God. I'd worked all day and I'd need a touch. Sister Samson, I needed that, and, and I needed it, and, and, and that prayer was coming at, at me, and, and my wife, she was in the front praying, and I thought, whoo, my. And there's times you can feel the anointing flow from, like, from glory, and God's trying to reach to you and bring you out of a place. Then all of a sudden, my wife, she went, whoo, and she went to shouting. I want to tell you something. I felt like that whole house started moving. I want to tell you something. We need somebody to call on God and say, I'm not going to stop until I see victory come. I'm not going to quit praying until I see the miracle come. I I got an ax to grind with the devil. I don't have it with nobody else. It's what the devil tries to put on you. Don't let him put it on you. Put him under his feet. Put him under your feet. Drive him down. I'm getting ready to quit here in a minute. But I want to tell you something. We, we have victory in this church. And, and I'm letting you know, and I could build a positive message, but you're going to battle some battles. Come on. Come on. But if you got to stick them, yeah. and you're going to stick them, stick them. Stay in there. Come on, put your feet solid on the ground. I come from North Carolina. It's called the Tar Heel State. Because during the, during the uh, war between the North and the South, it, they, they were fighting and they said them people from North Carolina, they looked like they had tar on the hills. They wouldn't move. And I thought to myself when I got there, I said, I'm getting around some people that won't run, that won't give in. They got tar on the hills. Well, it's in this church. You, I came back here, all these country guys, and I sat there and I got so happy. I said, I've been around all them kind of finicky people, you know. I don't want that finicky life. I want that life that I have to get up kind of, if it freezes the water, I'll just, just take a spit bath. I've been taking one for three days already and, and had to go to, to the VA today. Come on, Come on you, when the water freezes up, just get up and warm up. Come on. When things get bad, just say, I'm not sad. When things get tough, just say, I'm not tough. I'm in a war right now and the devil's losing. That's where you're at. That's what you're winning right now. The devil's losing. He's losing in a church. He ain't got a way to go nowhere. Somebody said, I'm going there. I'm winning. I'm a winner. I'm not a loser. You got to make up your mind that the Holy Ghost will take you there. Clap your hands for the Lord. I'm through.